forgot to mute that. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members serving as a catalyst to facilitate better worship in the local church. My name is David. I'm here with my friend Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hello. I was thinking about changing that, you know, that, that, that opening line to like to helping churches do worship that doesn't suck or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> helping, facilitate, helping facilitate worship that is halfway decent. That's not lame. <laughs> that, I was thinking about that, that when I was driving around today <laughs> and um, thinking back to that conversation we had with Scott a long time ago. Yeah. And... I don't, you know, something he said, well, a lot of things he said when we were talking have stuck in my mind. But one of the things was uh, talking about um, the goal for a lot of worship leaders is just to get up on a weekend and not suck. Right, right. <laughs> to, to to make it through yeah. uh, the, the service without being completely irrelevant or lame. But that's not his goal. You know, his goal is the opposite. His goal is to is to get up and do the very best, highest quality professional yeah. music he can do. And I think it's just an interesting little bit of a paradigm shift, you know, yeah. from, from his where... goal is to completely rock, you yeah. know, every, every week, which is super cool. Super cool. Something that, you know, we've been doing our, our, our church health team for, for those of you who have been listening to our podcast and following along, you know, that the church that I uh, lead worship at Laurelwood Baptist church in Vancouver We've been um, going through this process, a natural church development process, where we look at different key factors and key areas inside our church. And uh, the area that we are focusing on is the uh, this concept of inspiring church service or inspiring worship service. One of the things as our, our church health team that was assembled to address this, this issue of inspiring worship service, we've been... We've been talking a lot about excellence in, in all that we do. And we actually had Miriam Gibby uh, come in and, and speak to our Gibby. group. Yep, Gibby used to be the uh, the former uh, chair for the music department at Multnomah Bible College, where both David and I attended. Yes. Good times, good memories. Anyway, Miriam Gibby came in, and she said she said a, a comment that really stuck with me and, and a lot of the group. She She said... Uh, you should only you should only be trying to accomplish the things that you know you can do well, you know. Don't don't try to don't try to do a lot of things that you can maybe do halfway decent at. Uh, you know, find the things that you know you do really well, and then do them and and do them well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this concept of of excellence in all that we do, and, and you know that that's kind of one of the things that we're moving towards and shifting towards at Laurelwood. And instead of having it be, you know, a, a church service that just, um, you know, hopefully doesn't suck, uh, it, you know, we're, we're trying to move to a church <laughs> service that actually is awesome and, yeah. and completely rocks. And, and not like musically rocks, but like rocks, like, is you know, is excellently awesome type of thing. Yeah, that reminds me, you know, we've been talking at a staff level here about, um, I don't know if you've heard of Andy Stanley's book called uh, Seven Practices. Of effective ministry. Did, didn't you mention that book a few weeks ago? Did we? Maybe. Maybe. It sounds familiar. Anyway, one of the uh, practices in that is one of the seven practices is uh, called narrow the focus. Narrow and focus. you're supposed to, you know, narrow the focus of what you do down to, you know, what is the most important things that you're doing as an organization. And then, right. you know, each ministry is supposed to do that. And then, and they talk about in that, 
and they actually have podcasts. You can actually go download the podcast for free. I think it's a practicallyspeaking.org. Ooh. Either practice, practicallyspeaking.org or practicallyspeaking.com, one or the other. You can go and listen to them talk about it for free, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But um, So I would recommend going and check that out. But that's exactly the same thing that, that Gibby was talking about. And, you know, just because you could have a choir, an orchestra, a an eight-piece ensemble. A jazz yeah. band. Uh, yeah, you it know, doesn't whatever. mean you should. A you dancing know I mean? troupe. You uh, should only, you should pick the few things that you can do really well and do those things. And, yeah. and I, yeah, I'm totally in support of that, of that concept and, and been thinking a lot about it too. Like, especially in terms of things that we're, that we are adding right now, things that we might need to subtract, uh, hmm. some things that, that might be cool and would maybe add some stuff to the worship service, but we don't, aren't necessarily necessary. And so maybe we don't need to add them yet or you know maybe we need to get you know build the ministry to a certain point first before we can branch out you know we need to be we need to be hitting home runs and certain aspects right. of the ministry every week before we attempt to get on base with some other ministry yeah get 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 a few wins yeah. under your belt or mm-hmm. whatever yeah that's a uh, that's all it's all gold and so yeah i think that's that's good good what she said how's yeah. that working out for you which which part? Only doing what you do really well. Oh well, um, <laughs> I think I think it's going good. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a lot of vested interest, obviously, in the uh, the the whole music and the uh, the whole worship service in general at our church. So, you know, I think I, I yeah, I'd like to think that we. Um, you know, we're really trying to apply ourselves to, to music that, that we do well. You know, I, I don't think we've ever at Laurelwood, I don't think we've ever really done, you know, like, like a whole lot of different styles. I mean, you know, we, we have kind of just your, your standard contemporary type of worship. Um, you know, that, that's what I, that's what I'm comfortable with. That's what I know how to do. Um, and I think, I think I'd like to think we do it well. I don't know. Tonight, I actually have a I have a meeting with uh, the whole church health team. They've been doing focus groups uh, with with different members of our church body, uh, older members, uh, some of the youth, some of the small groups and Bible studies. So we we've actually been doing all these focus groups. I haven't been a part of them because that that isn't really appropriate for the worship pastor to come in and say. So tell me honestly. What do you think about the music, you know, or what do you think about the worship service? And they're like, um, you're honestly, lame. <laughs> I, we hate I, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, I don't know if I can tell you what I really think. So, uh, hopefully it wasn't anything bad. But tonight we're having a meeting from like 6:30 to 8:30 and we're actually going to talk about what you know, what some of the what some of the issues have been, you know, within our our church service and uh, what what it would look like for our church service to be excellent in all things, and 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 that includes you know I, I know I've mentioned this before again for those who have been listening to these podcasts, but you know it really includes every aspect. I mean, from the time that you 
pull into the church parking lot and step out of your car, you know, e- even that can be an excellent thing. Uh, you know, is there are there signs that direct you to which building you go to? Because at our church, there's you know there's like three different buildings plus modules in the back, and we have like parking lots all over. There's like a front lot and a, a west lot and a side lot, and you know, so even excellence in all things can mean uh, when you pull into the church, do you, do you know where to go when you're when you're greeted at the door, um, do you understand that you are now, you know, you're now coming before before the Lord? Um, so I, I don't know. Dif- different things. I think it's going well. It's, it's a process. Yeah. It's it's a big process. It's almost kind of like a, a, a can of worms, too, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and probably in, in a good way. I mean that in a good way, not a bad way. I know that probably doesn't sound right because that's usually associated with a bad thing but like once you start thinking about thinking a little more strategically then that kind of fuels the flame of even more strategy and and other areas of the organization and it's true and so it's true i mean pretty now we're we're looking at all these areas and oh you know what what if we did this and what if we, you know, and, and they're small things and they're all good things. They're all really good, positive things that will help improve our entire church service, our entire worship service. And, you know, it's just, but you're right. Once you start, uh, once you start addressing these issues, it's kind of like, wow, you know, wh- where do we stop? Right. <laughs> There's so much to look at. Well, and I don't know. I don't think that's something that's, you know, like with evaluation, I don't think that's something we just ever stop on, you know, like as a, as a church, we're, we're never going to arrive as far as doing everything in the entire, or, you know, church perfectly. Right. And so there's always room for improvement. And, and so I think, you know, just starting to think a little bit more strategically is, is just a huge step for anybody. I th- yeah. you know, there's, you know, you can think of a lot of small churches. I can think back to the church that I grew up and, and spent, you know, all of my growing up years at and there was just no thought at all of strategy hmm. it was just we we get together you know the strategy had been decided by the previous generation and we just get together and do that you know we you, you Sunday, did what was, what Sunday was school church Sunday night service Wednesday night service and and a revival in the spring and a revival in the fall <laughs> And that's and that was the strategy. <laughs> it, it was totally formatted and, and yep. pro, pre-programmed from uh, from generations ago. Yep. You know, it's interesting to me that even as as a as a kid, as a youth, you know, you were picking up on on that and saying, "Wow, there really isn't a whole lot of thought. This is this is the same program that they do year after year." Uh, interesting that you picked up on that. I was a weird kid. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think that's weird. I think I think that's good. But I think that shows. Um, unfortunately, I think that shows perhaps the the pulse or the tone of what a lot of churches, you know, have perhaps fallen into that kind of rut of mm-hmm. just doing what's familiar and doing what they are are used to, and never never even thinking that there might be a better way. Could it be we we could do things different? Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's hard. I mean, even even this last these last six months, as we've been going through the whole church health team process, I mean, it, it's it's difficult to to look at at a worship service that you feel 
so strongly about and you feel good about and you've invested your your time and your passion and your energy and then to have this team or this focus group or a survey or whatever evaluation and you know we don't really like it when you do this or you know what what if you did this that might be better and and, um you know i think i think that's hard for anyone yeah it's hard to let down your guard and to just be okay with with taking criticism for what it is um and you know we we've talked before in a couple episodes about you know having a thick, a thick skin mm-hmm. and not taking it personally and realizing that these kinds of tools are so important and so valuable for uh the the future growth uh, of our church so that we don't end up being a church like your your old church where right. they do the you know do the same program for 20 years yeah and and you know what that reminds me you know our conversation we had can't remember which podcast because we did them at the same time if it was last week's or the week before but we were talking about vision and leadership and inspiring yeah, yep. vision inspiring a shared vision i think is what we called it right from that book and um i was listening to a podcast so it's kind of maybe a little bit of follow-up to that but i was listening to a podcast today by uh it's called church leader insights and uh, you just get there by going churchleaderinsights.com free podcast mm-hmm. where you can search church leader insights and uh and iTunes and download it that way. But they were talking this principle that they've just come up with that they've been working on. They call it their top 10% principle. Mm. And basically it's just finding the top 10% of all your key volunteers and, and givers and then inspiring them with the vision of the church. And so if you get them on board, they believe that everyone they'll get everyone else on board because then they influence the rest of the rest of the body. Interesting. And so you know, yeah. so when you're thinking about, you know, evaluation and thinking about, you know, making changes to your worship service, strategic changes to your worship service, that might be a great place and it's kind of it kind of feels like maybe that's what what you guys are doing with uh, natural church development. You yep. got this group of people and it's like it's like maybe you didn't do it intentionally, but maybe it's just you you've thought, you know, these are the top 10% people 10% of people and you're going to get them on board and, yep. and, and move in a direction and that's just and and right i think i think that is kind of how how it's turned out to be where where we have we have people who have um absolute absolutely their primary goal is the success and the well-being of our church you know we have a couple people on this this team who have been going to our church They've been going to Laurelwood for 15 plus years. Wow. You know, and a couple other people who have been going for five some odd years, you know, one, one or, or two, two of the people, uh, they've only been going there for a few years. And, you know, one, one of the guys is just your, your average Joe, actually, uh, you know, him and his Joe fam- the plumber, Joe, the plumber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy! I, was, man. I he, guess he's ticked off. He, oh, he, he is. I, I was going to say he got he got tons of publicity. He got tons of publicity, but then he got tons of scrutiny, and like uh, he's got you know back taxes and stuff like that, and so now he's having to pay all this great. money as a result. That's of all great. The publicity. Now, now Joe the plumber's like, hey, thanks for the shout out, but but yeah. now everyone knows who I am, and I can't hide anymore. <laughs> oh, Joe the plumber. Well, and I can't say which candidate probably brought that on him, but. Uh, I think we both know, but I'm not going to say it because hey, because Worship it. Ministry Catalyst does not endorse candidates. We are bipartisan. Right? And we would lose our nonprofit funding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we even funded? Um, not really. With this podcast? No? Okay, good. Uh, that'd be cool if we were funded or if we were some kind of a 503C 
um, C3, 501C3, whatever. So, sorry, what was I saying? Um, Average Joe, yeah. he, th- this guy, he he uh, and his family, they come to church on Sundays, and, and up until he, up until he became a part of this this uh, this church health team, he would come to church on Sundays. Right when service was over, they would leave. You know, it, it was it was like your typical just kind of come to church, fill a seat, do your thing, and leave. Now, however, he's actually becoming invested in the church and in like now because he's a part of this this team of people uh who care so much about the church and who cares so much about the health and the quality of the church now now this guy is, is catching that vision and i think it goes along great with what you're saying you know there's nine people on, or eight whatever eight or nine people on the church health team all of which who all of which have been going to the church for a while really care about the church then you got the one average joe and he he is so he is so becoming much more in tune with what the purpose of our church is he's passing that on to his family now you know they're they're becoming more involved in in a youth group in volunteering and in you know helping out on serve days and it's really cool to watch a, a guy who six months ago just just was a seat filler basically mm-hmm. and now because he's been surrounded with people who who catch the vision of the church he's uh he's on board it's really it's really cool yeah that is really cool and and you know i th- i think stuff like that i i don't th- i th- i don't think there's any way to emphasize enough the rewards that that will gain your organization just from a from a momentum standpoint, yeah. I, I don't think there, there. I don't think there's any way you can really measure exactly what it is that you're going to gain from from doing something like that. And um, you know, um, I know we've kind of hijacked this podcast, but that's okay. Um, it's okay. We, uh, I'm getting ready this week for my first meeting with my what I'm calling worship leadership team. Wow! And we're meeting on Sunday right after church. And uh, we're going to meet once a month, and uh, and it's my it's my top ten percent. It's the top ten percent of people in the worship ministry, and they're and they're they're the people that I think have influence and in, in one way or another over over just people in general by their personality, their great personality, great attitude, great mindset, or they have uh, leadership over a group of people like the sound techs or like leading a worship band or over a group of photographers or video or something like that. And so, so, you know, my goal is going to be to inspire them and, and to get them hopefully to buy into this vision that, that I think God has for the worship ministry here at Gateway. And then, through that then they will have they'll have you know the the insider's perspective they'll they'll be the first ones hearing it they'll be on the ground floor yeah. hope, you know getting some excitement about some of the new stuff or the way we're going to be doing things in the future things like that and then they'll be the ones that are actually sharing that with the people that they work with in in worship ministry and and you know that's 10 times better than me which we'll probably do, but I think it's ten times better than me getting up in front of everybody in the worship ministry and giving this really nice presentation with you know PowerPoint or keynote or you know whatever you want and making right. it all well, look good well, and slick is, and stuff. They're, they're passing on the vision. They're passing on a collective vision that they have. Uh, they they're excited about. They've caught it, you know, and and having you know, like you said, ha- hearing it from someone 
who who has been affected by it as opposed to hearing it from you know the leadership uh it it, it creates such such better response i agree mm-hmm. so anyway that's that's what one of the things we're working towards cool right this in this very moment this week this coming week so yeah. excited about that very excited about you'll that. have to uh you have to let me know how that goes maybe on a future podcast we'll yeah we'll maybe do a little debriefing of it and and some of this i did it i i did it at, at my last church and uh you know i learned a few things about you know who to pick and who not to pick and stuff like that right. but even there it still created a lot more buy-in Cool. just at, at that level so and that was just you know that was a lot less thought through <laughs> on my part of the, as far as you know the the people and stuff like that That's but cool. but you know kind of going along these same lines top 10 percent narrowing the focus and some of the stuff that, that uh, mrs gibby was talking about with with your uh with your meeting uh what do you think about choir choir that's right we this is this is the topic we were going to talk about <laughs> How did we even start talking about? I don't all, know. It's, it's my stuff. fault. I probably yeah, gosh, said David, something, and we you went. Me, you make down. me so mad. <laughs> ah, I get so mad at you, <laughs> girl. Uh, choir. Well, how much time do we have? First of all, we had. Well, we're at twenty-one minutes. So okay, so we got we got a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So okay, so choir. Um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to recall how much I've shared on this podcast about don't worry about it okay well so here if you it can't is. remember they can't remember great good <laughs> even better so historically laurel wood was a a choir church you know when when it's when it first started um you know especially i think during during the uh the 80s and perhaps the early 90s there there was a huge huge uh a, a huge kind of I, I don't even know what the right word is. Basically, there was there was a huge emphasis mm-hmm. on on choir choir music. You know, every Sunday they had uh, every Sunday they had the choir sing. You know, an anthem or a cantata. Uh, you know, they they had the big 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 uh, Christmas programs mm-hmm. and, and and the whole the whole bit. Uh, since 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 I've joined on board at Laurelwood. I've uh, I've scaled the choirs down to a a seasonal a seasonal program, so we have a Christmas choir and we have an Easter choir, and we still do a Christmas program, uh, not as elaborate as what used to be done, but we do a Christmas program. Uh, you know, we put together some choir songs. I put together some special music. We we do it this year in particular. I'm really excited. Uh, we're actually teaming up with other local area churches, a um, couple churches near us, Philida Baptist, Brush Prairie Baptist. So the three churches, we're, we're actually going to have a, a big combined choir and do a big Christmas presentation, um, make it kind of a two-night event, invite the whole community, hopefully pack the place out. So that that's what we currently are doing with choir. Um, now, that doesn't really answer your question because... I, I actually have a lot of thoughts and opinions about choir, the the relevance of choir in this culture, especially in this area, the Pacific Northwest. But all that aside, that's what we currently are doing at Laurelwood. What what do you guys do at Gateway? Well, we uh, Gateway is actually I don't know I don't know the history of way back when, 
music history of the church. Um, but I know that for at least the last seven or eight years, choir has been basically non-existent. They had one a couple times over that period of time for a, a seasonal thing, but haven't done anything else since then. Um, we did a choir. We started a choir right after last Christmas, and we we sang a couple of times as worship, big worship choir and the worship services. We didn't do any special stuff. We sang on Easter as the big worship choir for the weekend and yeah. then uh, sang one more time after that as the worship choir for another weekend. And and um, So was it actually like a worship choir, like you guys were singing the worship songs? Yeah. Okay, so what, it wasn't like a performance no. piece. It was a worship choir. Yeah, and so... And it was and it was good. It was a lot of work. Um, right. We had thirty-ish people in the choir. Wow, that's so good. Not bad. Good um, turnout for you know what, I, what what I was always taught. At, and I never heard this in Multnomah, but at Indiana Wesleyan, one of the things they always said was ten um, percent. Basically, you'd, you'd want to have ten percent of your church and your choir. So, huh. you know, for us, that would be like 60 people. So we were way under, under that, but you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different culture out here. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into that, but you know, I've just, to be honest, I've really, I'm really struggling with choir. I'm a choir guy. You know me, you yeah. know, I'm a choir oh, yeah. guy. You're, you're an incredible director. Last and... night I was listening to uh 89.9 and heard a really good choir on there. I thought, man, that might be, <laughs> might be fun to do something like that, you know. Just go, just go just all go traditional crazy. and do this like go super challenging eight part choir kind of a thing, and like really push people and and you know we might be able to do it. And and I just go back and forth about so many different things in choir. Like, um, well, you know, I was talking to you last week, and I was I was just getting so frustrated. I can't find you know, really good arrangements of Christmas songs. You know, I, yeah. I looked at I looked at that stuff you gave me, as, and and there's some great worship songs on there, but I'm looking right. for, like, Christmas songs. Yeah, it, it's a much more worship-oriented uh, yeah. Christmas type thing. Yeah. There actually I, aren't even a whole lot of Christmas right. songs in yeah, it. Yeah, and that's what I was looking for, because, you know, because we're just, we're wanting to have Christmas songs that maybe people will know and want to sing along with as part of the weekend for our Christmas weekend. Yeah. And that also connect with the message that we're sharing and stuff like that. And and I can't find anything that's arranged contemporary with a good uh, choir arrangement. No. And so I just, you know, I'm getting so frustrated, you know, I'm like, maybe we, maybe I should go into business and start (laughs) arranging some of this stuff or something. But, you know, it's like, but, you know, and then thinking back to what Scott Olson was talking about the one time when he was talking about having a worship team, not a choir, just, you know, a, you know, three or four vocalists on stage. And he, and he said, well, when do you ever hear in mainstream music, yeah. you know, three or four vocalists singing on a song? And, and it's almost never, I mean, it's almost, you know, at, at most two background vocalists, it's usually just one Right, a tenor or an alto, yeah. and so, so, so then I, I think about that. You know, I know I, I was in a choir at Indiana Wesleyan. We did eight part, really traditional, you know, choir anthem kind of stuff, wow. all a cappella. And we went down That's to, intense. we went to a church in Southern California, and it was this like youth church. Basically, they had three or four services on Sunday night. And they had three or four thousand people at each of the services, and it wow. was all kids, like 
20 and under. Wow. And so here we go. And, you know, they we're expecting them to just hate us because, you know, we're not contemporary in any way, shape, or form. We didn't even try. Yeah. And But then we got up there. We did all of our really traditional, powerful, uh, mighty fortresses, our God kind of stuff. And they just loved it. I mean, really? talking like standing ovations after every song, wow. hooting and hollering. I'm like, so... So maybe if it's done superbly, it can still connect. Mm. So then I'm like, you know what I mean? You know, I just keep going back and forth right. about what's the what's the balance? Yeah, and so and, 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 and I don't know because you know honestly, like if I'm perfectly honest, my my feeling is that there really there really isn't a whole lot of place for choir. Uh, in today's culture, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, you just, you just don't ever see it outside of churches. You don't see it, and even even most churches don't even do it anymore. Um, you know, I, I think I think choir, like the the only reason that we still do choir on a seasonal level is because I think I think there's a number of people who still appreciate uh, who appreciate choir who appreciate. Um, you know, having some kind of a, an outlet to sing, and, and, and you know, I, I want to provide that, but I don't know if I'm totally honest. I I have a hard time with choirs and and understanding what their role is for the church and a worship service. And I I don't know. I don't know what the balance is. I don't know what the role is, and. Like I know for you, you have a really, really rich, deep background with choirs. You know, you're a great conductor. Um, you know, you're you're great at understanding uh, choir music and the parts and leading it. Um, so I know that you have probably a lot more, a lot more uh, interest or or buy-in to this. But yeah, it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to know where right where that balance is and and you know you know you're right that that nobody does choir most churches don't do a choir except at christmas time yeah you know like and not even, you know, and that and but then at christmas time it's not limited to churches because you can go like you can go to the grotto you know oh, yeah. you and you hear, hear choirs all, all the time choirs. there school choirs you and... can go and see the singing christmas tree right, and right. pay you know $500 per ticket to go watch something like that <laughs> And, you know, there are other and, you know, people people watch musicals all the time, which is just basically a choir. Right. For half even, of even it. Even last year, I went to the uh, I went to the Schnitz downtown port when they had the uh, gospel Christmas choir, yeah. you know, 100 voice gospel choir. I mean, it was it was, it was impressive. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It, it, it seems like almost a, a, a seasonal thing. And so that that's where I struggle with what what is the role of choir in the church and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there who say, you know, the choir is meant to be like a worship thing, and and you know the way that the way that our culture is moving is that you know choirs, you know choirs should be there as as a, a vessel of worship, uh, as a way of facilitating worship, and I can kind of see that, but I, I still don't know if I buy it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I know the times that we've done it, that we've had the the choir leading worship. It was pretty powerful. Was and, it? And we had, we did get tons and tons of positive response really? from the congregation about yeah. how it's just cool to see you know that many people up there worshiping, basically worship leaders on stage. Yeah. 
you know, exemplifying, excited, and 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 I think you know one of the things that for us is since we haven't had a choir, they're just so excited to see <laughs> to anything. be in a choir and singing, and so they're smiling and happy the whole time they're doing it. They're just loving, eating up every second that they're up there, and so it really is a positive experience. But you know, weighing out all the things like the amount of time it takes to prepare for a choir. It's if I'm going to have to come up with arrangements for Christmas songs that are, that are that go with the contemporary music that we want to do, then how much time that's going to cost me to put into that, and then making up practice CDs and and then all the actual rehearsals and the yeah. time is going to you know, I'm you know I just I'm really struggling with is it going to be worth it in the end. And it might be. It, it and, could and, be very well be more than worth every minute I spend on it. Well, and that's the ultimate question that I really wrestle with because at the end of the day, what at the end of the day, what what good has choir done? You know, like are are people converting to Christ because of a choir? You know, mm-hmm. like like when they when they come to a Christmas program and they see the choir, are they um, are they blown away? And do they, you know, want to fall on their knees and repent? I, I, I don't know. So I guess that's that's my biggest struggle because is choir just something something nice and something cool that we do for the church, or is choir something that we do as a means of outreach? And if it is, is it really that effective of an outreach? Well, and, and I think it can be. You know, at my last church, we did a huge Christmas program. On you know, the last Christmas I was there, we did it. Um, I think we did. Four performances. Wow. And so we did like Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning and Sunday night. And and we had like twelve hundred people that came to it over those over those four performances and we had people eight people give their lives to Christ as a result. Really? Of that. How about that? And but you know, that was that's a that was a, it was a lot of choir, a lot of choir singing. There was a, a really well worked out drama that we worked through the whole thing that actually told the story, and the music from the choir was just you know supporting it, supporting the story and supporting it emotionally and and you know kind of a musical, almost like a musical kind of approach. Mm-hmm. But so it worked. It was a ton of work. And we also didn't have anything else throughout most of the year as far as our services went. That was a real evangelistic event. So, you know, you know, we're here, we do that all the time. You know, we're always we're always we're always pushing, you know, for people to invite someone to church and and then, you know, sharing the gospel in some way, shape, or form. And so so I don't know if if we do that all year long, if and then if we do it at Christmas, if it's gonna have as much of an impact here as it might yeah. there and, and it's a different community it's you know and so i just i don't know i don't have any answers about a choir that's great because <laughs> yeah hey and maybe this, this is a good chance to ask our listeners if you have any answers yeah um or if you want to jump in on this topic of conversation about choirs the roles of choir within uh church services um Definitely make sure to go to our website, worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can post comments on this particular podcast, uh, or you can email us at our email address, kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com, or david at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Hey, and I'd like to throw a shout out to our uh, 
four or five members of our Worship Ministry Catalyst Network. Shout out. And uh, so I know they listen. We've talked a little bit online. And, Sweet. And uh, so you can join that network by going to worshipministrycatalyst.ning.com and uh, and participate in podcast discussions and it's stuff like over Facebook, there. It's like Facebook, but for worship yeah. ministry. And, uh, but... Yeah, we we obviously don't have the answers on this, and no, and we could use your help. Yeah, and honestly, I'd actually be really interested to see what other people do with choirs, and yeah. if other people have the same struggles that we have in terms of, you know, seasonal choir versus worship choir versus versus monthly, you know, anthemic choirs. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Uh, it, I it, I just I get the feeling that the times times are a changing. Changes are coming. Oh, yeah. What was that? I don't know. Okay. It was uh, actually what it was. It was this old uh, this old program I used to watch as a kid on OPB, um, PBS, Public Broadcasting System. I can't even remember what it was called. Okay. But he used to play this guitar and sing, and, you know, little kids would gather around him. And, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really not that important. <laughs> Oh, boy. All righty, then. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're out of here. Talk to you later. Bye.